use. We should, by the way, say that probably every episode that we do not condone the use of steroids or any other illegal <laughs> drugs. What's up, guys? On Drugs and Stuff today, steroid profile of the week is Equipoise. After that, we've got a bunch of listener questions. Is Novadex good for reducing fluid retention? The benefits and the drawbacks of using HCG on your TRT. Switching from test sip to test probe. Developing hamstrings that hang. And can you use a steroid to control estrogen instead of an AI? All of that and a bunch more. We're going to do it right here now on Drugs and Stuff. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. You could use our code, ADVICES, for some additional savings on great health and performance supplements. If you guys enjoy this uh, content, if you enjoy this jolly man, Dave, then uh, do me a favor, hit the like button, uh, leave us comments. All that stuff helps to boost us in the algorithm, which the last show, guys, you guys left us some awesome comments. I want to get to those to start. Uh, Dave, this episode is going to come out right after New Year's, so we should pretend like it's 2021 for this episode. Same shit, different day, really, though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction here, okay? Run with it. I'm going to run with this. Guys, oh my God, aren't you just so happy 2021 is here and things are so much better now? It's all gotten so much better now that 2020 is behind us. We go into a full lockdown. Mm. Full? Yeah. Full? Full lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the gyms aren't open over there right now. No, it's split. Because we have a tier system, so it's one, two, three, four. Yeah. Now, previously they'd promised, irrespective of the tier, gyms would stay open. Yeah. But the new tier four that they brought in just before Christmas closes gyms. So half the country's got gyms closed. And the other half hasn't. It's, it's stupid in a way because they've done it by county because England's the same way as you're separated into states, we're separated into counties. Yeah. Obviously, we're a lot smaller countries, so geographically the counties are a lot smaller than your states. Tiny, tiny. Uh, <laughs> so the problem is if you're in a tier four county and you're next to a tier three county, you just drive to the gym in tier three. Sure. I know people on the East coast that are doing that. I have a guy in Pennsylvania who was like, I just go to Delaware to train because Pennsylvania's closed. It's 20 minutes from the, me. the only issue with that is technically you're not allowed to do that. Ooh. So you can get in trouble for it, but I don't know if anybody else to be quite honest. Anyway, uh, two things. Have you seen the film fat man? I watch the podcast every week and think no, big. It's on a Mondays. Mel Gibson film where Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus and then he is that someone's put a hit, hit on him. I have not seen that. I know you don't watch films generally, but I relate to that character oh. in that film so much. One second. Let me let everybody know because Dave's going to take us off on these crazy movie tangents right at the gate. We are going to cover EQ today and we've got a bunch of listener questions. So please. Carry on with your movie review, Dave. No, I'm just saying I relate to the Mel Gibson character, which is Santa Claus, yeah. in that film so much because he is one grumpy, miserable git. Yeah. And on other news, Thuddy is now dead. You, 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 you did it? You told me I had to. We actually got feedback saying not to on the last episode. We had people saying they actually enjoyed 
uh, your dog, the, the, the tranquility of his continual rumbling, uh, that it well, brought personality and you know, likability to the show. So He's gone. And he's been replaced with Christmas cabbage. Dave sent me a picture of that cabbage on Christmas Day. What is this? Is this like a, is that a, do you guys eat cabbage over there in the UK or something for Christmas? Is that a tradition or something? Christmas cabbage is an English tradition. Is it really? Yeah. Christmas cabbage came to Christmas dinner with us. It sat on the table. And this is Christmas cabbage. You've not heard of Christmas cabbage. Also, uh, I got this message um, from Richard Foster. Somebody's been spreading blatant rumors and lies about me. He says this. He's standing next to Dave. And he says this. Let's see if I can pull this up. Oh, did he send you that? Let's see. I got to I gotta try that again. I had my sound turned off here. Here it is. People are laughing at me in the UK because of stuff you're making up. You sent me a text that said on WhatsApp that said, I've done 230 pounds. There was no, I'm, I've done just 230 pounds with a picture of me. Yeah, which is your best squat. All jacked. All jacked up. You, I mean, you're, you're around the book 80, so it had to be your squat because that's your strongest lift. Yes. Yes, that was it. So uh, I guess 2021. Hang on a minute. If a man's driving two and a half hours to abuse me on your behalf, you can take it back. (laughs) (laughs) Dave had a Christmas dinner or post-Christmas dinner last night, and he did not invite me. I thought he would at least send me an invite, even though I wouldn't have gone. Uh, But anyway, we should get to the, the program here. Well, you were obviously in my thoughts because Richard recorded that video. Equipoise, steroid profile of the week. Dave does not like EQ. I like EQ. Dave doesn't like it. Before the show, he said, whoever got jacked on EQ, whoever got big, whoever grew muscle on EQ. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's mild in its action. Appetite increases. A lot of people report appetite increases on EQ, though I do know a few people that have said it's killed their appetite. Mm. Um, It's very similar to Decca in sort of how it runs, just not as effective. And not with the the 19 nor side effects either. Yeah, granted, you don't have that. But like I've always said, you know, side effects just, if you're getting side effects, you're just failing to manage the drugs you're using. Yeah. side effects aren't particularly they don't make drugs a problem obviously drugs with more side effects require more management so they require more knowledge but I don't look at drugs and say well that's got loads of side effects and go near it unless those side effects are health impacting which really with DECA those side effects are aren't particularly health impacting. They might make your dick a bit droopy, but well, they're not going to cause you any long-term health impacts in the same way as something like Trend would because of its impact on the kidneys and stuff like that. So, and I mean, EQ, you're going to get an increase in red blood cell. I know it was popular for a while to front-load EQ massively. I did that. Because the theory was 
get your red blood cells nice and high so you've got improved nutritional transit, improved oxygen transit and all that stuff, and then leave it because it takes, by the time you're at the end of the cycle, levels would have started to come down and everything else. It doesn't really pan out like that. If you get your blood high at the beginning of a cycle with EQ, it's going to stay high. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, well. it's probably going to get higher. And then you're going to start having issues with lethargy and things like that towards the back end because your blood's too thick. Now, I will say, DECA, the, the, <sighs> we did a, a, a conversation on it on one of the other shows recently. There are a number of people who said to me they can't run it because of the mental issues that they got from it. One guy had said he felt like he was getting, he experienced like just like more jealousy and negative overall impact on his relationship. And he was like, he felt like uh, uh, Deco really brought that stuff out. I mean, he may already had issues like that to begin with that were just getting, you know, pushed a little bit harder, but I have heard of people having like just weird thought patterns on Deca. at the opposite end of the thing. What's one of the negatives you hear from EQ? I haven't gotten it, but I've heard people talk about anxiety. Have you heard of anxiety on Equipoise? Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard people. I think EQ sides, mental sides, will probably be mainly down to blood viscosity. Um, Decker's mental impacts are, are down to dopamine proteins, um, transport proteins. Yeah. Decker increases them. So technically, in theory, on Decker, you should actually feel happier, but you risk post-usage depression. I've heard, though, of dopamine not being as effective. As a matter of fact, I knew a guy who was using an amphetamine-like drug that he was prescribed for ADHD. He later said he had some problems with speed and stuff like that. But his he found, and, and then we looked at it, that those drugs become less effective while you're on yes. DECA. Yeah, De DECA will reduce... Sorry, I've actually got that wrong way around. DECA reduces dopamine transport proteins. So my apologies. Um, because, yeah, DECA will decrease the effectiveness of stuff like recreational drugs like cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when you find with people on DECA, they tend to increase their recreational drug use. Mm. Um, so sorry, no, the, I've got that the wrong way around. I do apologize. Um, it, so yeah, that can have some mental impacts. It also has impacts on memory, neuropeptide Y. Mm. Uh, so it, it's not without its problems and definitely not without its problems. I don't find a high percentage of people have mental health impacts from DECA. And again, probably even less from EQ. Um, it's not something that I find crops up regularly on EQ about having, and I think some of this is also down to just overall androgen load. Sure. Uh, I'm not particularly convinced it's always down to the actual drug you're using and it's just down to the total volume of drugs you're using. I have, um, um I have some factoids here. So that our EQ or, our steroid of the day here was created by SIBA in we'll 19... In, but in 1949, um, used in horses as well as athletes. Um, Which is where its name comes from, EQ. Equipoise. Equipoise, equine, horse. You know what else? Um, I didn't realize this. Equipoise is also like a scientific word. Because I looked this up today. I did, Like I said, I did some research, Dave. I Really, well, I just... I 
It's a brand name, isn't it? Though I mean, so it's some lab, as in not UGL lab, as in pharmaceutical development company. Yeah, uh, has has looked into this and decided to brand it as that name. Yeah, which it I guess it means balance, like a specific term relating to balance in research. I don't know. Well, poise, poise. You talk about you talk about somebody having poise. You talk about oh. them having balance, don't you? Yeah, I guess you do, don't you? So, um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things we always get asked, so so what would dosage be? And then once again, we want to address the females. Uh, is is equipoise something that a female could consider? On the surface of it, I see no reason why not. Not at all. I mean, obviously, doses are going to be quite low. Um, dosages for, how about, let's start dosages for males. Starting at four to six hundred. Yeah. Now, when I ran it, first time I ran it, I ran it at four hundred. I did not like it at all. Next time I ran it, I ran it at eight hundred. It did help my appetite, which which I found to be beneficial that time. Um, mm-hmm. I I had made some of my best progress on that cycle ever. That's the year I moved up a weight class and I was eating a lot of food. So it was okay. like in the eight thousand calorie range. Um, and I did front load it too with 1600 the first week. I don't, yeah. I, I don't run EQ, any, which I wouldn't recommend doing that guys. Um, I don't run EQ anymore because my blood gets thick enough on its own. I don't need something that's like really an enhanced blood builder. Some people like it though, because it, it mm. you know, that thicker, the more oxygen rich blood will give you better endurance. So there is that to, to a point until it and gets this is fun. where there's, you know, there's a trade off. So equipoise will give you much better endurance, but when blood gets really thick, you need to be incredibly athletically fit in order to take advantage of that extra red blood capability and that extra hemoglobin. Hmm. And as bodybuilders, generally, we're not. Okay. So there is a cutoff point, and I, I would be very wary of going, like I'd be very wary of letting your hemo go over 180, 185, um, that's more than enough out of range to, to give you benefits. Um, you start getting over those numbers and you start getting the negative effects, which is um, a little bit of cognitive reduction, um, lethargy. And it's not the, – the thing is with thick blood, what you'll find is that you can't be asked, <laughs> but once you physically get going, yeah, you're good. Yeah. But it's that, it's that getting everything going that's the problem. Um, where it can be particularly problematic is is something interrupts your ability to train. Okay. Um, so if you've got blood in the 185s, 190s, or above in hemo, um, or you know your your hematocrit's sort of 0.6 plus, then um, if you find that your physical activity is suddenly massively reduced you're then going to start putting huge amounts of pressure on your heart because your heart conditioning will start to reduce very quickly with thick blood. Yeah, basically, your your heart has to pump this blood, whether it's sludge. thin or, yeah, whether it's thick and sludge-like, and, and <clears throat> that can lead to a lot of problems. A, it's just more stress on your heart, which only all of our hearts only have so many beats in them, you know? And it's like... 
Japanese guy, Chinese guy, anything that says that. That, that. that is true, though. Eventually, they're all going to stop. So I don't want to overtax mine. And uh, B, that kind of thing can lead to a stroke. Yeah. Um, the, the first element of, of the heart pressure, if you're physically active and physically fit, your heart is physically fit, it will cope with it. It's when you stop exercise, mm. your heart condition, as in your heart's physical condition, its ability to work, does start to reduce very rapidly if you've got thick blood. Yeah. Um, and as a result, that then starts to create problems like arterial fibrillation, heart failure, and stuff like that. Um, the stroke side of things is you have some very fine capillaries in your brain, and your blood can get thickness and it doesn't have to be a huge elevation, to be quite honest. Uh, and it just can't get down those fine capillaries. Yeah. Uh, that's why you start to see a reduction in cognitive function. You feel a little bit fuzzy-headed or a little bit foggy. You're not quite as sharp as you used to be. I felt and this that. Also, this all sort of plays in with that general lethargy and, oh, I can't be arsed. And you're like having to argue with yourself to get out of bed in the morning. Um, when my blood's been really thick, I've had to argue with myself to get out of bed to go for a piss. Because it's just like, oh, it's too much fucking effort walking all the way down to the toilet. Um, I mean, obviously, you eventually do it, otherwise you're going to piss yourself. But So that can start playing into your brain. Stroke is is effectively when one of those capillaries gets blocked. Mm. And then that your brain gets damaged, and obviously that affects you quite rapidly. Um, but we're talking about the top end of blood fitness here. You know, EQ... If you're sensible and you've got half an eye on your blood, you shouldn't be getting into those sort of levels and ranges anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're looking at hemoglobin levels of 200, then then you really need to sort your shit out because you're, you're heading into very dangerous territory. Ours is different. Our, our system's different than we don't have 200, but ours are like in double digits. Um, but I, I agree with you totally. What about um, so the dosage with females? You know, if we're talking four to six hundred to start for a male, I'd say eight hundred would be an advanced dose, and you would want to watch blood thickness there for a male. Uh, females, I would say fifty to fifty a week. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that too. I, I would too. I'd even start lower. You could even start at like two shots of twenty. See how that yeah. affects you. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think fifth, under 50, you're going to start to have a question of, is it worth bothering with? Yeah. I, I, th- I, I, mean, would, I wouldn't mind starting low, though, in seeing how it goes for you. Because it mm-hmm. is, I mean, it is going to be more mild than, say, a testosterone. You know, you're not going to get the same androgenic side effects. But, you know, you never know how you're going to respond. In females, it's like we're in a whole different ballpark, right? The, the problem is females don't tell us. Females don't talk about it. Females don't feed back information. So, you know, until women start being much more open about their usage and, and, and start saying, look, I took this and this is what I experienced, we're not going to build up the same level of knowledge and, and anecdotal evidence that we have with male users. I have a uh, female client, long-term female client, who is, I believe, running 90 right now. And uh, she's happy with that. She's doing really well with it, too. So. And, I, and what do her bloods look like? Have you done bloods yet? Not yet, no. I mean, it, it, it hasn't been long enough to really do mm-hmm. labs. We're, I believe, like six, seven weeks in now. Can you ask her if she doesn't mind when you do labs, if you share it with myself? I'm sure I'll ask her. 
because I, I would really like to see how she's reacted. Okay, yeah. Let's see what else we have here on the list. Um, we mentioned the anxiety. Oh, we could also say this. So if you were to remove the ester and then mm-hmm. coat it for the liver, then you could you would have D-ball. Yeah, well, yeah. It, 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 chemically, it is effectively injectable D-ball in a way. Um, but... It, the way it acts and works is completely different. Once you turn something into an oral by alkylating it, mm-hmm. it's a different animal. We've seen that, you know, mm-hmm. time and again with all sorts of drugs. But this one is especially different because I feel mm-hmm. like like Tren and Methyltren, they kind of have like similar results. One's just stronger. But D-Ball versus EQ, it's it's like a different thing, you know? The, the Deca is probably the closest drug in in action to EQ when you remove the red blood cell element of it. Sure, I could I could see that. Probably less, little less fluid retention from EQ, mm-hmm. and and then probably not. I would say not the same strength as Deca. Like, no, EQ is probably too. milder. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people report getting quite hard on EQ as well. Sure. You could use it off season. You could use it for a contest mm-hmm. prep. Um, excuse me. Because of the long ester, if you do use it in a contest prep, what I've always done is evaluate at the six week out mark. And if we are having a hard time with fluid or whatsoever, then you, you could you could consider pulling it out. If you did, though, because it is so long, I would want to make that consideration around six weeks. Mm-hmm. Sensible, yeah. Yeah. Overall, though, it's a good compound. A lot of people, a lot of people don't have issues running it straight into a show. I say you keep going on about me hating it. I don't hate it. I just think there's better options. But it has its uses. It has its place, like everything else does. At the end of the day, and it's it's very much down to you as an individual what you're trying to achieve at that point in your physique and your cycle. Now, okay, so you know, as I mentioned, the six weeks thing clearance time one one place i think it's not great is for guys that come off completely because there is such a clearance time if you want to do like a quick cycle eight weeks in then get out and recover you still have to wait three weeks before you start post-cycle therapy so you're adding an additional chunk of time onto any cycle that you do because of that I think because it takes longer to build up to its full potential, it, it, it's a compound that you would want to run for a little bit longer. You know, like say like you do a test D-ball cycle, well, you're banging within a week, you know. I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? That's why the, there's that front loading idea is mm. because then you know when you come. I mean, if you're concerned about that, just drop it two weeks before the end of your course. Sure. But it'd be harder to do, say, an eight-week cycle. Mm-hmm. Because it's just built up at, you know, five, six weeks in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't know how long the elevated bloods would last. And there's all sorts of factors that play into that. Yeah. But say for argument, say you just took EQ and you took it for six weeks and stopped. You're probably going to see... EQ is going to dissipate at its half-life rate. There's, that's not going to particularly change. But you'll probably see your bloods remain elevated for a good two, three months post. Yeah. You, you, are you talking about red blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what it is. Is it 45 days it takes for red blood cells to turn over? 
Yeah, and I think post EQ you're probably looking at possibly even double that or at least one and a half times that. Well, once you get it out of your system, they will drop. They will, but everything's been elevated to a higher amount in the first place. That's my point. You're talking of, I mean, the 45 days is based within natural ranges with no chemical interruptions. But I think, though, the life of the cells are only that long. True. So True. If but, you, but you're coming down from a higher level. Yeah, so more of them would die off at once, I think, is what it would come Yeah, but you, if you're coming down from a higher level, you're still going to have to reduce. It's going to be a longer period of time before you're getting back into range. You're probably, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think that could be argued for sure then. so. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I do think that it's a, it's a compound that if I have a guy who does come off between cycles, he wants to get in, grow some muscle, it's, and, and then get out and recover, it's going to be a longer drawn out process in the time it's going to take before you can get back on that next cycle. It's going to be slower versus a guy that does TRT. You could run it longer. This is a site. This is a compound that I would run. No question in my mind, as long as your bloods look good, 16 weeks, even even possibly longer than that. Well, it's, it's all down to management at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, I mean, if you if you with any drug, if if you if your bloods are good, you can continue to a degree with usage. And it's if your bloods are bad, then you need to address that fact. Sure. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Um, but we did get a lot of good feedback on the last episode, guys. If you have any questions for us, uh, we do have some that have popped up in the feed here. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to throw questions in the YouTube uh, comments. Um, we'd be happy to get to everything we can um, I'll start out, though, with our questions from our, our thread that we had over at the Advices group. Um, what was that? What was that one? OK, oh, so we tell us Martin. Yeah. So it's, tell us. Yeah. Tell us Martin or tell, tell Mr. Tran. Blah, blah, blah. Tell Mr. Tran. Tell Mr. Tran. Is that it? I I, I don't fucking. You, you're asking the man that can't pronounce anything in this field. Okay. Um, how but it, to? He asks about how this. It's in. It's in Arab, I believe, and uh, he asks about using it for uh, blood pressure and glucose control during a bulk slash strength cycle. Yeah, um, I actually enjoy because I, I, I was aware of the drug and it, what it did, but what I wasn't aware of is its methods of action. Um. So there are a couple of questions that jump from this, which is the first thing is, why are you needing a drug to manage insulin sensitivity in a bulk cycle? It's not a bad one. And if you have blood pressure issues, there's another question. Why aren't you addressing the blood pressure issues? Why are you just using a drug to manage them? Hmm. Um, because if your blood pressure is high, then what's causing it to be high? Now, if that's just one of the signs you have to deal with, then okay, I can sort of understand that. Now, this is a BP medication that has gone on to, to, to be seen to be quite effective at managing blood glucose levels and reducing blood glucose levels. 
Unfortunately, there's no simple way to explain how it does it, but it blocks the angiotensin 2 on AT1 receptor. Um, and that's how it lowers blood glucose. So what it does is it, it increases. I'm going to get these pronunciations wrong, so don't slaughter me, please. Comment Adi- below, guys. Comment below on Dave's pronunciations. F off. Adiponectin. <laughs> Activity, it increases that, which is an insulin-sensitizing peptide, and it decreases adipokines or adipokines activity, which uh, regulates insulin activity in muscle tissue and in the liver. So it it stops the regulatory body that controls insulin levels, uh, and it makes you more sensitive. In rat studies at week four, they were starting to see hypoglycemic symptoms, and it reduces BG by 50%. Hmm. Now, there is is a plus and a minus here because though we don't want BG levels to be too high because that's that's not far from ideal um, and insulin resistance increases and then we get poor nutritional transit and everything else that spins off the back of that. Um, At the same time, we don't want BG too low because you know the glucose in our bloodstream is effectively energy um so it, it's why are you needing that level of blood glucose management um i would much prefer to go the more simpler berberine route and just focus on increasing the ins- the insulin sensitivity at the receptor rather than 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 using a drug of this nature but if you're having or you're pre-diabetic or you're um, type 2, then it would be an effective way to manage blood pressure and, and insulin levels whilst on cycle, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a drug that's going to give you a double hit. Mm. And unlike metformin, it's not reducing glucose output by the liver, which is counterproductive for performance. It is reducing BG levels because it's improving insulin sensitivity. Yeah. So it's a much more effective mechanism, but it could be too much very, very easily. So you, you need to be very aware of your BGs uh, um, in order to run that sort of compound. But at the end of the day, I can't get it away from the back of my head of why. Why would you need it? What do you need it for? Why are your BG levels so out of whack that you need this level of management? Okay. Um, let's see. Paul asks in the live feed here. He says, hi, guys. Will Novadex help with holding water and fat around the midsection? These are the only two estrogen-related sides I suffer from, but I want to keep estrogen as high as possible to aid in growth during a bulk. Estrogen currently is at 219, and as well, he's from the UK. Body fat is 14%, but will get to 10% before bulking. Thanks for any help. No. No, it actually have no impact on those two problems. Okay. Uh, or, or very little, especially on the body fat side of things. Yeah. Um, 2.19, generally it's thought that when you go over 200, you start to become at risk to gyno for most people. Okay. Obviously, there will always be people that are hypersensitive and, and obviously have problems at much lower levels. Um depending on where your test level is would depend on how ideal that is for your estrogen level. Hmm. 
I generally tend to run, try and aim to get estrogen somewhere 140, 150, 160. Most people will tolerate that quite well. They might get a little bit of water retention, but it's a bulk who gives a shit. Um, but they're not they're not going to start having problems with gyno and stuff like that at that sort of level. Um, to have an impact on what you're talking about, particularly about body fat midriff, you're probably going to have to get your estrogen quite low. We're talking UK numbers, by the way, guys. Yes, we are, yes. Uh, but you're probably going to have to get your body fat levels quite low before you start seeing a benefit in fat loss from your estrogen level. So sub 70, um, sub 60, which obviously is going to be counterproductive for growth. So really for estrogen's impact on, on body fat storage, it needs to be, as in for body fat loss, it needs to be particularly low. Um, at two, two, was it two thirteen, two ten, somewhere down there, two nineteen, whatever. Kind of yeah, yeah, two nineteen. Two nineteen. That's probably is gonna start to encourage fat storage. Speaking of which, I gotta take some Arimidex. I forgot, Dave. Junkie. Excuse I me. I have to work with this guy. Excuse me. What? This is I, a steroid. It's a steroid podcast, Dave. I don't think it's appropriate that you're taking drugs in the middle of the show. Dave, it's a podcast about drugs and stuff. This is... And you blame me for not getting advertising. Drugs and stuff. Yeah, we're not We're not going to... Yeah, we don't condone... Drugs, drugs, stuff, and cabbages. We don't condone the use. We should, by the way, say that probably every episode that we do not condone the use of steroids or any... Other illegal <laughs> drugs. Um, or prescription medication abuse. Yes. What else do was we have? Was that an aspirin you just took for your headache, Scott? It, Molly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> just to get through the show here with you, Dave. Benefits, <laughs> benefits and downfalls of running HCG with your TRT. HCG with TRT. Benefits... Um, Plump, round. Plump, round, fat, full, testicular. Um, yeah, in English, big, fat, hairy bollocks. Um, negatives, estrogen, predominantly. Um, depending on dosage, if you're stupid and running high doses, then you could desensitize the Leydig cells, but they're already shut down anyway, so it's sort of not really going to have any immediate impact. Um Main thing most TRT people report is a boost in libido. Um, the reason behind that is because it actually increases intertesticular testosterone. Mm. There you go. There's a there's a phrase to say three times quickly. I like that. That <laughs> sounded very sciencey. You just upped our uh, our street cred, I think, with that term. Um, shortened to ITT, um, which is why HCG is using TRT to improve fertility. Because as you elevate ITT, the testosterone with, contained within your testicles will start to influence the serotonin cells and sperm production. Um, so main benefit is well-being, feeling that little bit better, libido improvement, such like negatives, estrogen and water retention. Okay. What about no. two? So, okay, so I, I know Ethan. He's a client of mine. How about also, he he tends to have more estrogen sensitivity. 
there's we and we've talked about it before you are with that increased testosterone it's it's kind of a very radical spike that you'll get and the chances of getting issues from estrogen could be higher uh you know we've talked before about guys who were to get gyno from using hcg even you know the there is I've seen a growing trend within certain thought um, camps within TRT to run doses as low as 20 IU. Wow, that's super low. Yeah, and that's super difficult to administrate out of a 5,000 IU vial as well. You're talking about a huge amount of dilution to get yeah. down so you can do it like that. A lot of backwater. Um, but the, yeah, a lot of backwater, <laughs> 30ml of it. But they're, they're, yeah, they're, I've seen guys running 20 EOD. And they seem to do get a real, they get a little bit of a boost from the positive side without having to experience the negatives. So don't think you have to run the traditional 200, 250 EOD sort of approach. You can go quite low with it and, and play around with the dose until you find your sweet spot. I like that. I still remember the time that I had a bottle of it floating around forever. And I thought to myself, you know, what? why don't I throw this in just because I had it for like, ever sitting in the back of my fridge and it was like a few couple weeks out from the Arnold that I decided to do this and with the spikes that it created I ended up getting a bunch of acne I was like oh my god because I, I used to be very susceptible to it I ended up getting like a major breakout right before the Arnold Classic that was sweet nothing like going to a bodybuilding event with a bunch of acne well because everybody knows what's going on don't they? It's like, it's like, you suck at managing don't you yeah yeah, uh, that's the problem within this industry. Isn't it? If you've got an obvious physical side effect from de- from gear, everybody knows what's going on. It's like the lump and the bump and all the rest of it. Yeah, you see those guys too at the expos. You'll see the occasional person that's like, you know, got some major side effects, major acne going on. Nowadays, I, I just want to take them aside and be like, it doesn't have to be this way. I remember, and this is no exaggeration, I remember judging a Scottish show. Uh, several years ago now. God, it must be seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, and a guy came on stage and his nipples were literally two inch plus lower than they should have been. Oh, no. Poor and dude. And it just looked like a pair of Spaniel's ears. <laughs> it looked like your granny's tits. It really did. Oh, um, poor guy. And, and I just thought, how do you get to that level? Yeah. I can understand you getting lumps and bumps, particularly if you tend to get a little bit on the heavy side in the off-season because it's not as obvious. Yeah. But how do you actually grow them to that length and not know it's happening? There was a guy who I started following. He was at the contest I did out in Los Angeles three years ago. Young guy. He's one of the young guys who... You know, it was a real big open proponent of anabolic steroids. He's in his early 20s. He's there to be like, hey, guys, trend's cool. You know, take a bunch of it, smoke some cigarettes, all that stuff. And uh, I saw an Instagram story of him saying, hey, ask me anything about steroids. And he's posing and he hits, you know, this. And I don't know what happened. I had seen him in a few years, but he had the look, even with the arm raised, where there's just this round, huge round mass under under the skin above the pack big 
big deal. No, it was not Tony Huge. I said he was in his early early twenties, <laughs> mid, probably mid twenties, late twenties by now. Anyway, uh, Tony Huge. what should one expect when switching from test sip to probe? Um, pain. This monster energy drink is doing nothing. It's because I didn't. I'm fetamine fiend, and you need stronger stuff. <laughs> Go mainline some DMMA. <laughs> uh, pain. The injection's going to be more painful. Yeah. Now, some people do report lower estrogen levels and less water retention when they run prop. Sciency-wise, I can't see any reason for it. I think you do. I don't know. I don't really mess with probe that much. I feel like it's a pain, literally and figuratively, because you're only getting usually 100 milligrams per milliliter versus 200, even 300, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just so much more oil to administer. No interest. I have zero interest nor tolerance for all that, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at daily or every other daily injections. You could stretch it to every third day just. I have no time for that. (laughs) The injections are generally sore because of the higher concentration of testosterone because you've got lower extra weight. Um, And I say some people do report lower levels of estrogen or lower levels of water retention. Your test level is going to be a little bit more peak and trophy. Whether you're sensitive to that or not is down to you as an individual and also down to your dose and your injection protocol. Um, obviously, if you're injecting EOD or ED, it's you're having to open up sites. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be problematic. But within the compounds themselves, there shouldn't be a huge amount of difference. You will find potentially that you accumulatively end up on a lower level of, de- of a lower dose of test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I would say so too. The so other- you've got to, you're going to look at your calculations quite closely. If you're going to try and replicate the level of hormone you had on your sipionate. Yeah. Not a fan personally. <laughs> what else do we have here? Um, okay. Oh, we had one on the live feed here. Let's go to some training talk. This is I know we're drugs and stuff. Let's talk about some stuff. So Yeah, I, I prefer talking about training. I like talking about training. So Walter was the guy who uh, we, we talked to him last week about uh, quad sweep. He must be working on his legs this year. Uh, Walter's a large black man. He was at North Americans this year. We both purchased the same bar, the Transformer bar, which they were out of stock. I've literally waited since August 28th on this bar. Yes, David. What is a transformer bar? I'll show you when I get mine. Walter could show you his because he's got his already. But they must like him more than you. I think so. That's that's uh, something. Anyway, uh, he wants to ask. Maybe, maybe it's training. because he's a man of large stature and you're not. He was a little more intimidating. They're like, we better send this large black man his bar. Well, maybe they just thought, well, the other guy doesn't really train. He's going to be in no rush for it. He only squats 230, right? God! (laughs) He asked us about hamstring training today. How do you get the hamstring to hang? 
Right. That was one thing I actually developed very, very well. In fact, when I was sat on the end of a bench, my hams would touch my calves. And the thing that I truly believe built the thickness and depth and the hang in my hamstring was stiff leg deadlifts. But before we go any further, it's not the exercise, it's the way they're performed. Now, old school stiff leg deadlifts is a locked leg, but you have a negative arch in your back and the bar touches the floor. A lot of modern day stiff leg deadlift is is really more towards a Romanian deadlift because the, the knee's soft. I do them knees locked, positive arch in the back, chest lifted, head lifted, and I don't allow my back to uncontract. So it stays fully contracted as my lower back throughout okay. the movement. Now, when you initially start this, you'll be lucky if you get the bar past your knee because you've got very little ability to flex any further. And then if you maintain and you really focus on holding, and if you do it, even if you do it with no weight, stood in your living room and your bedroom, you go down until you start to feel the back rounding, stop at that point, and then lift the chest and reposition the arch in the lower back and watch how much load that throws into the hamstring. Yeah. And if you focus on that, focus on getting that, that, form correct and that lower back locked and contracted eventually you'll be putting that bar mid chin and may even be putting it down to your ankles hmm. i got to 220 200 220 in set work pounds, pounds. kilograms that's so, that's how you measure cocaine dave 495 okay is where we got a 485. I can't remember what five place is now in pounds. Is it 495? Yes. It's a long time since I've done the conversions. Um, when I first started out, we worked in pounds. So it was all about conversions. But obviously for years, I've worked in kilos now. Um, and I would get that down deep. Um, and as you, call, as you go down, drive your glutes backwards and drive your knees backwards. I say it takes quite a bit of time to master the form. But the hamstring load off that and the thickness it developed in my hamstrings, which then resulted in, obviously, a huge hanging hamstring. Okay. Obviously, there's a genetic element to muscle shapers and development, as we discussed when we talked about quads last week. As sure. Well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the more, obviously, the more you have, the more it's going to hang. I'll tell you, it's interesting because everybody has their own take. And when I say that, I think of two people. Um, Dusty Hanshaw said... For him, it's all about the stiff legs. It's all about the stiff legs and the you know hamstring extensions didn't make any difference. John Meadows said it's all about the hamstring, the hamstring curls, not hamstring extensions. John Meadows said it's all about the hamstring curls. So what is a hamstring extension? <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. I got that wrong. But yeah, I, I think that I'll tell you one thing I noticed. My, my hams have gotten pretty decent. And I mean, they're no, they're no Dusty Hanshaw hamstring. I think there is something, and I'll say there is something to what you're saying. I think that it's imperative that you can do a good heavy stiff leg and put that in the hamstring, not the low back. You know what I mean? Like utilize the tight yeah. muscle. How, how many people do you see coming off stiff leg deadlifts and holding the back? And, and why are you wearing a belt? You shouldn't need to wear the belt for stiffs. But what I found for me, one of the things I needed to do was learn how to activate them. Like my hams didn't activate. So 
the, the, the hamstring curl made a difference for me because I learned how to squeeze them really hard. And like for a few years, I just focused on doing a hamstring curl, bringing it down, squeezing the muscle for like one full second, meaning bring it down, squeeze, count one, 1,000, and then one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000 up. Drive down hard and repeat. And it was almost like a physical therapy training those muscles to contract. And now anything I do, they contract hard and they've they've gotten a lot thicker in the process. I was never a fan of contracting at the top, but I was a fan of trying to continually drive my heel into the glute. I like which that. Effectively, that's the same effect. Yeah. So I, I've always been, a, well, not always, but for a long time I've been a fan of when you get to the contraction point, you just keep pulling through. Yeah, okay, I like uh, that. Um, rather than go stop squeeze it's just keep pulling through and keep pulling in because then you're constantly trying to engage muscle fiber to contract oh yeah uh, um, but it's a very similar effect and result I think when the weight's um, heavy enough you have to keep driving through to hold it there yeah. you know what I mean and I, I mean I think that is the other thing isn't it people hamstrings are big thick muscles they can take some load yeah yeah they can don't don't be scared of giving them some some jip you know and some jip i do think yep i do think hamstrings get a little bit neglected because a lot of people favor a leg day so it's quads hamstrings and calves uh, as a result of that quads come first yeah. hamstrings come second calves come last and as you go through the workout the intensity starts to drop off because if you're training quads properly, there isn't going to be a huge amount left for hamstrings when you're finished, and that's still a big muscle you're trying to shit. Yeah. Um, and that, and I, I, you know, and then when you get to cars, it's like three pumps and the seat of car raising I'm fucking off because I'm knackered. Um, so I do think if you're going to do leg day, start with hamstrings. Yeah. Or even start with calves. Okay. Back to drugs. Um, if. T4 is already prescribed due to low thyroid function. When adding T3 for a diet phase, should the T4 be removed or left in? And would you reduce the T3 dose since T4 is already administered? Uh, T4 left in. I would run the 1 to 4 ratio that is generally accepted as being as close to damn it as it should be. Um, Dose-wise... I honestly haven't seen enough to say how effective or how much the effect would alter the effective fat loss with T3. So if you're running 25 micro T3 and you run 100 micro T4, I don't know if that's going to be any more effective for fat loss because you've got a medical requirement in there as 25 micro T3 would be on its own. I found that combining them is stronger that I found that you wouldn't need quite as much T3. I mean, even if you had a medical reason, like, you know, we've, I've mentioned before my whole theory. You can have shut down anyway, aren't you? If you're natural. So I suppose there's no real difference in that point. Yeah. My whole take on, on thyroid hormone in, in bodybuilding is (coughs) to basically ensure that you're getting a good supply of the hormone. You don't need to blast it. Uh, t- to help get fat loss from it. But if you have good, healthy doses or levels, then, you know, you're going to improve your fat loss. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say start lower on the T4 or T3. If you already have that T4 in, leave it as it is and then 
assume that you probably need less T3 to get the effect. And regardless, we should be using the least amount possible anyway, right? Well, it would it's the sensible approach, isn't it? The bare minimum to get the job done. Yeah. I feel like T3 is a drug that really ages you. I really do. And this isn't anything anybody's ever told me. It's just an intuitive thought after doing contest preps years after year, you know, and then seeing people that have to. I feel like it just makes you move, makes you burn so fast and that you you end up aging in the process. I don't know. So I must have used, well, the thing is I've hardly ever touched T3, so why do I look as old as fuck? That's a podcast in itself, Dave. Actually, <laughs> why don't you guys speculate in the show comments? Why does Dave, we did get a comment saying, Dave, what was that? It was the first comment on the thread here. Um, Dave, Dave looks like shit. <laughs> great to see Dave back when this is possibly the biggest, the biggest, busiest time of the year for him. December twenty fourth, ho ho ho. <clears throat> we have a ban option, don't we? Can we ban this individual, please? I like Ian. I think he has some great contributions to our channel. Next question. Let's see. What do we have here? And he said he said he was joking. He said, no one's fooling us, Dave. <laughs> Told you. Watch Fat Man. I relate to that so well. Uh, I see, look, just a kind of a side note on EQ, uh, Juan adds, uh, I see a video from Christian Thibodeau saying that EQ affects uh, GABA and sleep patterns. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Look, there's definitely going to be, I, I suspect there's, there's a lot more interactions within the brain than we know with several drugs, Yeah. Uh, even, even orals, uh, which we, we never really hear spoken about with interactions within the brain. But, you know, hormones play a huge role within our brain chemistry, so it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Um, what are some options in terms of compounds and a good dosage to avoid sides to use during a cruise in replacement of AI? I feel like a low dose of Masteron would be a healthier option than a Rimadox. I've seen this talked about in forums. That's from Dustin. Two issues with Master as an AI control. One is guaranteed quality of the mask you're buying. And two is its real-world effectiveness in managed estrogen. Firstly, if you're on a cruise and it's TRT-based, you shouldn't need estrogen management if your dosing is correct. So why do you need estrogen management in the first place? Touche. Secondly, I would be more tempted to run aromacin than I would to run an extra androgen. Okay, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um. I appreciate that ADEX is far from ideal from a cruise situation, which it definitely is, but Romsin is a is a perfectly viable product to, to manage estrogen if you really need to. But I'd be reviewing my dose and, and questioning why I've got estrogen management issues in the first place. Yeah. All right. We may have one more here. Let me scroll up and see. Um, actually, I think that that is it, Dave. That's all the questions we had for you. Okay. Do we have any questions for Christmas cabbage? Um, no, because nobody knew Christmas cabbage was going to be on. We did get requests for a GoPro on Fuddy, but since he is no longer with us, RIP, 
Um, that's probably not going to happen in the future of this show. The, the viewers, the viewers requested it, so it was done. Oh. That's a commitment to the show, Dave. I know. So my daughter's suicidal, but you know the show must be adhered to. What can I say? Yeah, she can watch the episodes and laugh along with us. That'll cheer her up. She's not stopped crying since he got hit on back at Edward's bed. You did that on Christmas morning too, didn't you? Well, yeah, of course. Good, good cheerio. Good, good call. Because Christmas cabbage was supposed to be a Christmas present for Fuddy, but because he's not in, anymore, I've, I've... <laughs> do you have uh, any any slang for us to to part with for the day? Well, I'm trying to teach you about the the the, the annual tradition of Christmas cabbage, but you just don't seem to be interested in it. Oh, I see. So every English household gets a Christmas cabbage. Yes, and it represents goodwill. And, and hope for the future, and you're just ignoring him. <laughs> um, there's something I was going to tell you, but I can't remember. I'll remember once we <laughs> once we get off the show. Yeah, steroids affect your brain. <clears throat> Thanks, Dave. Um, what did you ask me five minutes ago? I can't remember. I can't remember either. You just said, ah, oh, slang, yes. slang. No, I don't think I have, really. Yeah. We've covered loads. I like the day that you told us about hooligans. That was fun. Hooligans. You told us you've told us stories about the yeah, the soccer hooligans. We've also learned about the scooter gangs. In fact, shortly after we did the video where you told us all about the lame laws over there that you can't chase someone on a scooter, they changed oh, it. Yeah, and now yeah, cops yeah. are like running scooters down, which I think yeah, yeah. they should do. The the I this probably won't be a popular statement, but in some ways I feel sorry for the police in this country. Why is that? Because they don't have guns, first of all, right? Well, they're so disrespected. Mm. And at the end of the day, the guy's only doing the job. You know what I mean? Um, and they have so little power. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, eight-year-olds stand in the street and tell them to fuck off. And do they really? Stand the oh, yeah. And they can't do anything. They can't touch them. Well, they're so British about it, too. Here they'll when just I beat up, you. They'll turn turn their well, I, their cameras off and they beat you with the, over here. When I grew up, if if I if I told a cop to fuck off, one I'd have got a clout route back at Ed. I'd have got dragged by me here home. Yeah, presented to my father, who would then kick the living shit out of me for calling a cop to fuck off and having the police brought to the door. Yeah. Whereas now, they're suing the copper because they've said something to the child. Oh, you know, and it, it's just it's just all fucked up. It really is. So, I mean, I know it's it's popular to hate on the old bill, uh, and I, I because they're the enforcement of law. So you always hate on the people that spoil your fun and take your your liberty away at the end of the day. But yeah, it's a thankless fucking job. Yeah, you know, and they really don't have a lot of support when it comes to what they can do legally. And all the videos I've seen of people interacting with the police over there, your police are so polite. They maintain like this level of like they're there on behalf of the queen or something, you know? They're too scared to do anything because they get fucked for it. Mm. You know, they get sued, they lose the job. Yeah. Um, I know a copper in Manchester who there was a prisoner that got injured in transit. Yeah. Right, uh, and he was shouting and screaming he'd been battered by these police, and it was a big investigation. He was suspended for over 18 months 
why they looked into this accusation. Okay. I am fairly sure in the States that wouldn't even have left the sergeant's desk. Mm. That would have just been a case of, what's he done? And this this was a this wasn't a guy that had been picked up for littering, you know what I mean? He'd been picked up for quite violent things. Yeah. And it was just like why are we I understand that our law enforcers have to uphold the law, but at the same time, why are we babysitting criminals? Yeah. Hey, I, I do have a news story here. It's an old news story. Old news story. I sent this to you. It's from Australia. <laughs> And yes. this blew my mind. So, but I just found this. But you know, it is funny. <laughs> so, these two guys are hired to carry out a client's fantasy of being tied up in his underwear and stroked with a broom. That's the bit that gets me. Yeah. I could understand someone having a fantasy about people breaking into the house and then being tied up and then raped or whatever, you know, because some people think that way. Yeah, but stroked with uh, the broom. Stroked with a brush. <laughs> so the role play was arranged over Facebook by a man near Griffith, New South Wales, who provided his address and he hired the pair. He was willing to pay uh, $5,000 Australian and it, uh, it was uh, really uh, good, the judge says. Let's see. However, Here's the issue. The client moved to another address 30 miles away without passing this note on to the two men. So here's the deal. Part of the arrangement was you show up at my house when I least expect it. So here's the money. Don't tell me when you're coming. So he, I'm going to set this up. I wonder if I can get this set up at your house, Dave, to have, they have these men. So these men uh, at 615, assuming that's AM, they're hired. They come to his house. Um, he assumed that it was a friend that entered his kitchen and was making coffee. Uh, it turns out, these so these guys were supposed to be armed with machetes. They tie the guy down. Uh, they removed his sleep apnea mask that he was wearing, and they're standing above him with machetes. Uh, it, they eventually figured out that this was not the man. And they, I guess they shook his hand and they apologized and they said, sorry, mate, shook his hand and left. <coughs> Apparently they were acquitted because they, they, well, they got caught. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you can't blame these guys, right? $5,000, Dave. What do you got there? Send who you want. <laughs> you're going to mail them, but you're going to be in your bed sleeping. I'll take you to bed with me. Okay, you better from now on, because it's going to come when you least expect it, Dave. This is the hammer out of man with the hammer. Anybody want to make $5,000 Australian, let me know. <laughs> Australian. <laughs> Reach out to me on Facebook. This is all set up over Facebook. Is that hammer heavy, uh, by the way? It's real. It's a proper solid wood steel belted hammer. Do you use it for other stuff now around the house? But, I mean, I used it in the film, Smash Rocks. Did you use it on Funny? <laughs> no, I just used the spade on Funny. It was easier. <laughs> you already had it Actually, out. yeah, it's a shame. I could have actually said I did, because then I could have told you that there was, look, there's still a bit of this blood on the end. But, uh, well, you know, it's the viewer's fault. They killed my dog. So Broke my daughter's heart. Ruined Christmas. Here's what they said too. a lawyer 
uh, for Terrence Leroy, one of the accused, said it was a commercial agreement to tie up and stroke a semi-naked man in his underpants with a broom. Entry was not intent to intimidate. Can you can you imagine though the court clerk in that recording that writing all that down in his underpants <laughs> machetes to be stroked, stroked with a brush? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did did the guy who had intended to be stroked with a broom turn up in court? This is this is one of these questions that I burning asked me. Yeah, it doesn't say, but you would think they would need him, so he could be like, "Yeah, that was me. I, I like the stroke with a broom." And I, that's a very specific thing that you're into. Like, you, I can see if, the if you, tied up, and but the broom. Where did that come from? If I were a barrister, uh. I would have to just ask questions of that guy about the broom and stroking, and I wouldn't be able to get away from that subject. Even if it's got fuck all to do with these two guys being convicted of anything, it would be, so what's why a, do you like stroked with a broom? <laughs> what's a barrister? Is that like the you, handle you okay, hold on so to when you go down the stairs? That's a banister. Oh. In an English court of law, we have barristers, and the barristers are basically like lawyers. Okay. So they're the person that represents you to the judge and the jury and cross-examines witnesses and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And then they're supported by QCs and solicitors uh, who do the legwork of the case effectively. Okay. So when you do a, a court case, solicitors will do all the legwork, gather all the information, do all the research, and then it's the barrister that's your front man, your spokesperson for the day in court or however long you were there. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. We did get a few more questions, but it was too late. We already started talking about stroking dudes with brooms. So we were we were done with questions. Uh, I'm so glad that 2021 is here. Because like I said, Dave, things are so much better. Uh, I'm so excited <laughs> that things are fixed now. And oh, there. Yeah. The gyms, are open. <laughs> the gyms are open here in 2021. World is a better place. There is something very important happening tomorrow. What's that? New phone day. Oh, you're getting a new phone. That's right. A new phone. I'm getting a new phone. Until you get uh, an Apple phone, I don't care. Why I, would I want one of them pieces of shit? Because then I could text you on iMessage. What's wrong with using WhatsApp? Well, it's exactly the fucking same. Yeah, except for the messages aren't blue, they're green. So. And? What's wrong with green messages? You got a thing against green now. You greenest. All right, let's get out of here. I hope you enjoy your new Razor flip phone. Dave's getting it's a not flip a phone. Oh, no, no. He's told me earlier. He's like, it's a new flip phone. Dave is just now aware that flip phones came out, guys. Just putting it out there. It's a fold. Like I said, flip, fold, same difference. Fold. All right, guys, for another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland, head on over to Crossland's .org.uk. And uh, of course, check out our sponsor, truenutrition.com. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.